Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. So this is a first for me, interviewing my very own flesh and blood baby sister, or even any sibling on the podcast. It's so curious for me because I had such a hard time figuring out what questions I wanted to ask you because it was so rich. I just, I felt like I should spend two hours asking you all these details uh, that wouldn't fit the podcast. So I cleaned it all up, all right? Uh But mostly about growing up, I couldn't help myself. In each of them, I thought perspective makes such a difference in life. So I was the Mm -hmm. second oldest in our family. You were the second youngest. So I had one above me, Mm -hmm. you had one below you. And we had how many years between us, would you say, in age? 13, yeah, 13 years between us. 13 years between your age and my age. So when I was getting out of the house, flying the coop, making the life that I wanted to live, or at least trying to live, uh, you were just a little kid. It was almost like you were a separate family. I'm, I'm curious what your memory of how you talk about your childhood. I have a feeling it's almost like uh, a different family. Uh, than what I grew up with, the top five versus the bottom five. What's your memory of growing up in that family of 10 kids? Oh, my goodness. And I agree with you. I think it's um, definitely felt like two families. I talked to a few siblings um, since we spoke, and they actually feel like there's three families. But I always thought it was it was two. It was the older folks, the older siblings, and then us younger ones. Yes. And so my memories growing up is um, dad singing Florence and I, who's the youngest, to sleep every night with a guitar. Mm-hmm. The thing I hated most about that was summertime when it was still light out. I guess we must have gone to bed at like 730 at night and I could hear all the kids playing and I felt, <laughs> you know, I felt left out. Outside um, the window, you heard the kids playing on the street. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At yeah. age six or seven, waking up on Easter morning. I don't know if you were around then and mom would buy, she bought 10 baby chicks on Easter I morning. There. Yeah, you were Ten. there. 10 baby chicks in the bathtub. The only yes. bathtub we had to actually bathe in. Yes, yes. It was like a miracle. It was like a miracle. That's uh, that's exactly what I said. It was just like a miraculous uh, thing that I always remembered. And then mom brought us back down to Dan River Road um, to the junkyard when they were grown. I don't remember her giving them away, but of course she did. And then going to visit them and them all coming out and her making a big deal about it. So that was kind of neat. Really? I didn't get to see the second part. I thought she butchered them or something. I just made up my own end to that story. But she gave them to the junkyard and you went and visited them like they were lost relatives? Yep. She made a big deal out of it. And I just remember standing there and all these chickens and roosters are all, (laughs) and you know, and she was like, there they are. Now what they are is, I don't know. I assume they were. I mean, I don't think mom would make that up, you know, but. uh, Sure she would. What do you, the mother I was raised with would certainly make anything up just to make us happy. I don't know. And then I remember at age 10, this was pretty good. Mom throwing a surprise party for me and invited my whole class. It was between 25 and 30 um, kids from Holy Rosary, and they were all invited to my surprise party. And T made those cardboard, remember those cardboard crowns that they cut out? Were you around for that? It was like on a, 
And then, I remember and then the they're... crowns, but I wasn't at your party. And that was at the house, our little house. Oh, yeah. Where did they fit 30 kids? Oh, they, they were just all over in the living room. And it was a big deal. And it was a surprise party. And I thought that was wow. kind of nice. Wow. That was great memories. So those are those. Are, and then, of course, Dairy Queen. Always going to Dairy Queen and mom having the brain freeze when she would take a sip of our Misty Mist, Mr. Misty. Yeah. I remember dad more about the Dairy Queen because he used to sit us on the front steps in the summer and ask us, would we rather have a hot fudge sundae, a chocolate blizzard or vanilla maybe, or mm -hmm. strawberry dunk or something like that. And we'd all listen to the menu and we'd all shout, I would, I would, I would. And then he'd say, so would I. And that was the end. <laughs> well, maybe, <laughs> maybe they couldn't afford better. it back then. Yeah, no, we couldn't <laughs> afford it back then, but we probably had seven, seven or eight of the kids by then, but we rarely went. But when we did go, you just say instead that ending, let's go. We like couldn't believe our ears. We were going to like get the ice cream, you know, dad was oh so God. playful. And that's what I learned from dad more than anything else, how to be playful. And it's interesting because mom uh, really produced a lot of the play situations like the chickens uh, and she gets no credit for it. I don't think of mom at all as playful. I think of her as a worker right. and a great role model and an inspirer. Uh, but I look to dad in my memory as the guy who taught us that fun came first. Uh, but you've gotten, I know you've said over the years that you got a lot more from dad than I ever did. That's all, that was the end of dad. He always had two jobs. He wasn't around much when I was a kid. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, but what's your memory of dad and why do you say he was more influential than mom? I cannot believe anybody be more influential than my mother, than our mother, I should say. Well, maybe subconsciously mom was, and I think she was definitely influenced me as a, a mom. I thought she was a great mom, you she know, but dad, mom. I mean, dad was very business, you know, coming home in his um, suit. And I just remember him sitting and telling stories about the whole, you know, how hard he would tell stories. I felt like every night, you know, about, about um, the work day. Yeah, about the work day. And they were horrible stories. And dad was always right. I remember him always being right. And I was like, yeah, that's right, dad. You're yeah. right. Whatever story he told, he was always right. And um, yeah, so I, I, I think, um, and dad always, I don't know, I must have gone to him for advice because I, I just remember him, even when I started working, coming to him for advice and he'd always tell me what to do and I listened to him faithfully and I go do whatever he said. Still assuming that he was always right. I assumed he was always right. I thought he was, yeah, I guess I must have adored him. <laughs> Oh, I think we all adored him. He was our boyfriend of sorts, wasn't he? Because yeah. he was farming yeah. and he paid attention mm -hmm. to us. And also he was smart oh, yeah. enough to sell us. I distinctly remember him having me on his lap as his, my our sister Ellen, as his, my sister Denise, older than me, and telling us that we were his favorite one by one. And I fell for it. We all did. Remember, we were at a sister's reunion and we all realized we were comparing notes for the first time and realized that dad told us each that we were his favorite. And we got That's to get right. out at him kind of. <laughs> yeah. it's well, I'm going to claim his favorite because I was his favorite, you know, going out of the world. I just want to You know what? You, you're absolutely right. He actually yeah. told me you were his favorite, but I was mom's and I'll take mom any day of the week against dad. That's true. That's true. Okay. So we each had our own. Um, Janine, I remember one thing uh, that I was present for and I, I, I should have already been out of the house, but I remember the conversation when you came home, you'd gone to secretarial school after college, became a secretary for a bus company in New York, I think, Greyhound Bus? Yep, uh, Greyhound, yep. Greyhound Leasing. Mm -hmm. And then you came home one day and announced you had gotten a raise 
and you told dad very proudly you had gotten a raise. And why don't you share what advice he gave you? Because it really made a heck of a difference uh, in my perception of my own father. Interesting. So I remember that. I remember. Oh, I re I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, I was so. And listen, I was I was a great worker. You know, um, great employee, I should say. And um, I worked for the uh, vice president of this, this Greyhound leasing and um, I got my raise, whatever the, you know, I can't even remember what percentage it was, but I it wasn't a lot, I, but I was, I think, yeah. Was, and I was very, I was very proud. So and I, we proud. Had, <laughs> there were about six girls in our office and we all got called in one by one. We all got the same raise. I went home to tell dad how excited I was. I got the raise and dad said, that's not a raise. That's barely the cost of living. Now, do you show up on time? Do you do this? And when he made me go through the whole list of everything I did, I'm like, yes, yes. He goes, well, you march back in there and you tell him what you're worth and you ask for, you know, whatever, two more percent of the raise and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. And I went the next day <laughs> and I went to the vice. Yeah, you know, I went to the question. president. Go ahead. Before you tell the end, I want to remind you, there was one other question dad asked, which impressed me the most. He said, are you better? Are you a better worker than the other girls? Yes. And you yes. said yes. Yes. <laughs> and he had me, yeah. You can and he had me, had me believe. And not only I didn't go to my boss, who was a VP, I had to go to the president who wasn't, I wasn't working under, you know, working under, of course, he was a president. And um, I went in there and I marched right in. And he was a stern man. And, and I went in and with confidence. And I was young. What was I? 19 yeah. 20 something i don't know i was very young and i went in and asked for it and i left and he gave it to me and he, <laughs> and he said and don't tell the other girls in the office <laughs> a good man smart man you know it's uh it's amazing because i i never saw that real side of dad until i saw him in that instance with you and that changed my impression of him. Yeah, I think dad, his whole life, my memory, uh, maybe not yours, because I know we've talked about this before as a family unit. Um, my memory of dad was he was always right. And he always hated his boss. Yes. And he always quit or got fired because of mm -hmm. arrogance or insubordination. And for that, I thank dad, because I don't think I ever had a boss in the 22 some odd jobs I had before I started my business where I really like my boss. I think I went in there with a chip on my shoulder that this guy was not going to be any good. And uh, mm -hmm. they usually weren't. They, they fulfilled my expectation. I'm sure most of them were just fine. Uh, but I think without that, as an example, I don't think I would have started my own business. I think I, I thought the, uh, the worst thing in the world would be to work for somebody. Even though I had yeah. to work for so many people, but I mean, for a livelihood in your real job when you're grown up. And so I think he spun me uh, toward entrepreneurship and half the kids at least have businesses of their own. You think dad was a big influence on that? Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, definitely for me. I mean, definitely that stuck, you know, true to me. And I, I just think even having the confidence, you know, that they mom and dad each gave us. Um, but as far as the other siblings, I thought that was I couldn't answer that. I was thinking about the question. I couldn't answer. So I actually was talking to T this morning. Your older yeah. brother, my younger brother. <laughs> yeah. And I asked T that question because there are uh, six of us, six of us that, um, um, you know, are in our own business. Well, were, if you include John. And um, he said he thought it was, for him, it was just more um, independence and confidence. And he also thought that, you know, being that 
I mean, all of us, you know, we have some brains, we're pretty smart. You know what I mean? I mean, he just thought that that was his reasoning. He said he, he said he was a good employee, no matter where he was, you know, as oh, was sure. I, oh, he's you know, yeah. right. I mean, I was always a top employee, no matter where I worked and what I did, I always outshone everyone, you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, that's, I really don't know the rest of them. I did try to reach Ed, but it was too early in California. So don't wait that guy up. He's a bear. Yes. Up. I have, I have <laughs> um, you know, I think another piece of pushing a lot of us toward entrepreneurship was simply the confidence we each had uh, seeing mom, who was definitely a leader, natural born leader and seeing our father, definitely a natural born leader. And I think when you uh, see yourself as a leader, I always felt like a leader, as quiet as I was, I thought I was a leader. I could pretty much do anything I wanted, I thought. Yeah. I didn't lack confidence. So when we went out into the world, it wouldn't be intimidating to think you should be a boss or capable so early, you know? But I, yeah. but I really, really think uh, that's a big piece of it too, the confidence. Oh, absolutely. Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love. Now let's get back to the show. Is there anything that uh, you learned from mom or dad? It sounds like a, a silly kind of a question, but I have to ask it uh, specifically that you went out of your way with your own children. Your, each of your kids are confident, well, uh, you know, well-rounded, just great kids. But is there anything specifically that you were setting out to do as a mom uh, to make it part of your family specifically. I mean, obviously you're a great mom, but was there anything you should very much a uh, front and center? Oh yeah, I, I'm definitely, I, I, I can remember um, with mom um, setting traditions, you know what I mean? I mean, for um, me, it was a big, especially holidays. Our family was so big. Do you remember we started, it was Christmas Eve. We used to exchange gifts. And then as people got married, Mom, mom created the tradition like a, a, the Sunday before uh, Christmas so that everyone could be with their in-laws and she wouldn't interfere uh -huh. with that because she wanted everyone together. Together, yes. And it, yeah, and yeah. it was a big, it was chaos, but it was, it was so much fun having everyone there sit around the circle, exchange gifts, um, and, and I do the same thing. And I actually do what mom does. I, I pulled my Christmas um, a week or two before Christmas just so I can have everyone. Um, an extended Great. family. Yeah. We do all gifts and everything. And then on Christmas day, they're on their own. And Christmas day for us is going to the beach. It's not even Christmas, but you know, wow. just those traditions. And then the bad, the thing that I don't, and you you're probably not like this because it's about mom, but right. his mom would get so stressed whenever we had parties that she would end up like blowing a casket. Oh, do you remember before that? every party, before every, every party, every church. Right. Any kind of pressure deadline, she would almost have a nervous breakdown the yes. hours of the event. Yeah. Which I caught myself do. Do you do that? Um, I did as a as a younger woman, but I don't in the last 20 years. But yes, I never paralleled it was mom doing it. But yes, certainly I did. I ruined a number of events having a shift fit uh, yeah. with all the people helping me set up because the pressure right. was too great. It was like show business. Yeah. People weren't That's ready or they weren't perfect yet. Mom had that in her, right? Yeah. So I, I started doing that at a young, married, early age. Whenever I had a party, I noticed I was doing that. And so within, you know, a few years, I finally took myself into, you know, like, okay, you recognize this, stop it. There's no reason for it. 
And then mm. the other thing I remember is her never asking, now maybe you were older, maybe I was too young, never like giving us chores to do to help her with this. She was always doing it on her own. Yes. I don't think dad was helping. We weren't helping. I wasn't helping. I mean, and then I changed that for my children too. I gave them lists. Okay, we're having a party. Here's your list of things to do. Here's your list of things to do here, you know, to try to ease that stress of being ready on time. Well, I asked her about that because we were never asked to help, except we had to do our chores on Saturday morning, sweep our room, make our beds. That's not a big, and we shared yeah. dishes, dish duty at night. But no, she never asked for help. And I asked her why that was. It seemed absurd with 10 kids with so much to do. And she answered me that because she was raised, I think she had six siblings, didn't she? She, she was seven. the only girl. She was the only girl. And she said, because she was raised and asked to do everything, to pitch in and do so much work. She said, it wasn't our fault that we were one of 10 kids. She wanted to treat us as though we were only kids and make it easy for us at her expense. Yeah, so that's, wow. she took over from her childhood, I guess. I think she's out of her mind. I would ask. I do too. <laughs> if I had one kid, I could work the kid to death, you know? I know, I know. She, it wasn't just that she forgot to ask, it was her intention. Not to burn that, us yeah. with the choices she and dad made to have a big family. I didn't know that. Weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, kind of crazy. Okay. Interesting. Um, what about, uh, what did you learn from dad that you took forward as a parent to your children? Anything that uh, you didn't start singing your children to bed every night, which by the way, dad did that for all of us from the very beginning. Every oh, night. Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah. And then I'm crushed. I, I thought we were special. We were the young ones. No, you weren't. We all got the same songs. We all know the same songs. But when uh, when we had the boys' room, the girls' room, so when Uncle Alan uh, gave us a recording machine, uh, mm -hmm. every other night we would just get Dad's recordings instead of the real deal. So you could be in two places at once. Yes, that yeah. was pretty efficient. But what did you take from uh, Dad? Anything that, that you made a point of making part of how you raised your children? Well, definitely, I think singing, um, believe it or not, you know, tea and my kids try to hide the cards at Christmas. We have the, the um, 12 days of Christmas that we sing and tea laminated Christmas cards. So we would all sing. Dad was, you know, dad loved, loved his music, loved to sing. He was, you know, loved to play guitar. So I think I, I don't consider myself musical, um, even though my children have definitely, you know, picked up different instruments and whatnot but i just think the singing the joy of singing and music i definitely mm -hmm. is a dad thing and believe it or not bill my husband has a lot of dad traits <laughs> he plays the guitar oh my gosh <laughs> yeah he doesn't sing but that. yeah 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 a lot of people don't but anyway yeah i just think um the music side of dad wow well i think uh, i couldn't imagine uh, growing up in a household without music it's no. like part of the air, part of breathing. There's always music in our house, you know? Always music. Always a lot of fights and shouting and angst and all the rest of the stuff that comes with living. But still, mm -hmm. there was music in the house, or at least toward yeah. the end of the day. You know? Yeah. When you um, decided to go into real estate business, you also had a very different path than I. Uh, although you were the youngest, uh, you started your business much older in life. I started my yeah, business when I was 23, when I didn't know any better and had nowhere to go but up. And in a real way, I think that's easier because you don't know what to be afraid of. But when you started your business, uh, uh, what age were you, Janine, when you started? I was 43. 
43. So you no, can 40, 40, no, 43 when I became a real estate agent, but I was almost just about turning 50 when I opened my own business. Oh, I didn't realize you worked for someone that long. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. So now I want to ask you, what took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, and, and, you know, I don't know. I just think, you know, and I, I, I hear what you're saying um, as far as being older and harder to start a business. And, and I, I did it out of, um, you know, just necessity, not necessity, I guess, just fear of um, going through a divorce. And then I still had, I don't know if you realize, because at 43, Lauren was only nine. I think she was 16 when I started my own business, but you know, it was just her and I, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been working all these odd jobs, being a mom all these years. And now here I am, I'm all, you know, it's just me, you know? So that, that was a catalyst that made me leave and go on my own. And I just, for me, just like you just said, I can only go up. I can't go back. And mm -hmm. it was just survival. It was just like, it's me and her and I am, and I'm the one in charge now, just me, you know? So I was like, okay, well then I'm not working for anyone anymore. I just kind of jumped into it and I didn't give it any thought. I didn't think it through. You actually gave me advice when I was thinking about it and said, I recommend you go in and be a manager in an office first. And I thought, oh, hell no, that's going to take way too long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to jump in and figure it out as I go along. And that's what I did. I just jumped in and you know, never look back and, 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 you know, scary, but. But you know what uh, I find uh, impressive? Uh, most single moms, uh, knowing they had to support a younger daughter, uh, avoid risk like that. So you went right to the bullseye of the greatest risk starting from scratch, uh, mm -hmm. which would be most frightening, I think, and probably almost maybe even feel most irresponsible at the time. <laughs> you know, you didn't play it safe. Uh, but wow. you must have on some level felt fairly sure you're going to make go of it. I'm sure you're not, you didn't have reckless abandonment. Like, let's see where it goes by this year, this time next year. Were you focused and saying, I am going to be somebody, I'm going to make this thing happen. Was it that kind of determination and confidence or not at all? Uh, I think it's a little of both. I definitely think I had, I had nothing to lose. That, that, that was really my mantra every day. I have nothing to lose. I'm not going back and I'm going forward and I have a child to take care of and, you know, I'm going to make this work and I can do this. And then going back to mom and dad, both of them growing up, I was like, you could do anything you want in the world. Just name it, put your heart to it, put your mind to it. You could do it. You know what I mean? And, and I carry that on to my kids growing up, the same thing. You could do it, you could do it, you know, but um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I really, I just had confidence, you know, going back to what T said, I just was like, there's no going back, you know, there's, there's just no going back. There was a point when I sat on my front steps and, and literally I, I, I said, okay, because so, I came out of a life, I had horses, you know, with Lauren and, you know, and that was, I couldn't do that life. And so it was basically like, would you like to eat tonight or should we keep the electric on? And that's how bottom it was. So for me, I was like, well, there's, you know, there's no place but going up. I mean, if I was on my own without Lauren, I could live in a shoebox. It wouldn't bother me. I, I, you know, I'll survive. But now I had purpose because I had a child. Mm -hmm. One child left that I had to make sure that, you know, she got raised and had a roof over her head and that kind of stuff. So it was def definitely survivor mode and just having confidence and not caring. I really didn't care. I just did it. Mm. I didn't have a clue what I was doing at mm. all. Well, that's interesting the way you just described that although i didn't have a child at all until i was 48 46 i guess i was um uh, that was kind of my attitude as well hey 
nothing to lose. Can always get my waitress job back. You know, yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, I could the, always go back to what I was doing. And were your waitress? Yep, I was. Yeah, but you know what? It's a great thing to know you could be a great waitress and make good tips. Yeah, it's like Nothing a more. living life with an insurance policy that you could always survive. You know, I wouldn't. I say it. I probably wouldn't really like it if I had to be a waitress. But sometimes I even fantasize like, "Ooh, I wish I could be a waitress for just a few nights a week." And it is the most customers. joyous, joyous job ever. I agree. I thought I was the only crazy yep. person out there. No, nope. why do you think that is? I know why. I think it's because every customer that comes to eat in a restaurant is happy. And they're coming to eat and have a good, enjoyable meal and a good time. So they're happy to begin with, and they see your face and you're happy. And it's just always a happy experience. You know, it's just happy. They're having a night out, they're having food, and you get to serve them and just say, how's your day? And it's just, it's just a very, I think it's just very happy. I, I try to get all my kids into serving when they went to college or whatnot. And, you know, just say, it's, it's I think Lauren was the only one who didn't do it. Uh -huh. But well, she's a younger, she's a baby. You don't expect your baby to have to work as hard as the rest. No, no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. You know what else I think happens with waitressing uh, in a waitressing position like that? You learn an awful lot of job skills. You learn how to organize yes. yourself. You counter your tables, your menu, your ordering, you, know, you have follow through. You learn personality to please people. Uh, mm -hmm. And the greatest thing of all is you do a great job, you get a bigger tip. It's such a fair business. If you do a lousy oh, job, you don't get a good tip, you know, so it seems yeah. very fair. Yeah. No, and the best part is working, working in a place where you have repeat customers. So you say, oh, here comes Joe and Mary. Let me grab Joe's iced tea and Mary's uh, coffee or, you know what I mean? And, and then you, they sit down and they get it and they, they think you're the, you know, the greatest. So yeah, it's a great job. I plan to talk to you most about real estate and now I find I'm using most of the time up already. Oh no, no, personal. But here's the real estate question I have. When you named, well, mostly because I'm curious, I never asked you, when you named your business the Corcoran Connection, your marriage name at the time was Madden. Why not name it the Madden Connection? I like to think that I had something to do with it. You absolutely did. Yes, <laughs> thank God. I didn't want to so this. actually when I went, I was divorcing 2009, a divorce ended 2011 in February. I opened my business in November, 2011. So I had already changed my name. Oh, and, I yeah. So I had changed my name and just said, you know, I'll go with Corcoran and Hey, can't hurt my sister's in the business. You know, that's really what I thought. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm using my own name and, and, you know, I already have someone in the business, so it can only help. It can't hurt. That's for sure. Did it so, help yes, you or did. did you, in which regard, it gave you more credibility in getting listings or gave um, you a conversation point to what, how did it I help? think conver a conversation point, you know, um, I, generally my question usually to people is, do you, do you watch, well, now I can say, do you watch television? Back then you were, I think you were on, you know, every news channel that there was as a real estate advisor, basically, right? Mm -hmm. way back then um um and just was just asked the question you know do you watch watch any television are you familiar with barbara corcoran they're like oh yeah i love her if they were like no i really don't watch anything then i didn't say word yeah you know yeah so but you use that to a parlay into credibility i guess yeah right? yeah especially starting out you guys open the business with no listings no business at all you know nothing zero because when you leave a brokerage they keep your listings so it's hard oh. to make that transition to yes, move yes. to another brokerage because you can't take your business with you, your business that's active at the time. I they see. keep it. I see. Gee, a Corcoran group, I always allow people to take their business with them, but that's because nobody ever left. I think one left. 
Oh, I'm so happy okay. to get rid of them and take your listings. You know, that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I didn't even realize that. Um, you, I've been in your shop and I met some pretty spectacular salespeople, people I would have hired. And I was extremely particular. What do you think is the number one trait for the people that you have that are very successful? I think the number one from, for, for any, any successful agent is the hunger and wanting it. And that's something you can't teach. That's the hardest lesson for me. I realize. like, and, and Bill always says this to me, you, you want it more than they do. I was like, I do. I just, why can't they see it? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so have, having the hunger, you know, being able to, and you, you say this a lot too, being able to bounce back from rejection. I get joy out of when they share a story and say to me, you know, you know, uh, they hung up on me. They said, no, they said this. I'm like, great. That's wonderful. Good. Keep going. You know, I like to hear that. I'm like, I love when people say, no, that doesn't bother me at all. I'm like, that, that drives me. People talk about me bad. People trash my name. Anything that anyone does negative to me. I love it. I just say, bring it on, baby. Bring it on. <laughs> That's it. And I just do the opposite. I go sky high the other way. Can I you pitch. teach that to the agents that work for you? When they're taking rejection, I, can you teach that? I mean, I, I think rejection, not all people, but over time, you know, if they hear it enough, I, I always used to, even before I was in my own business, I had like, anytime someone would say something negative or one, I'd have above my head that said N-E-X-T, next, next. <laughs> that, I just had that vision, next, I don't care, next. And I literally, my brain, I wouldn't hang on to the negativity at all. I'd let it go. I was like, I don't really care. There's a million more people out there that like me. Not everyone has to like you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to, you know, cater to people that like my personality. Other people don't. And, and it goes back to mom. And I don't know if she told you this, but I really believe this. When you're attacked or people say bad things about you, it's really jealousy. And she always says to me, it all comes down to jealousy. You know, mm. everything's about jealousy. You know, people don't like you because you're pretty. People don't this because of this. You just, they're all just jealous. They're jealous. It's interesting. So, I, um, I would say, and I never heard that from mom. And hearing you express it, I would agree, uh, agree with it to a degree. I mean, certainly mm. with my competitors, the more powerful I became, the more they hated me. And I clearly saw that as sheer jealousy, whatever form right. it took. But how about with the people who work for you, um, if they decide they don't like you as a boss, they're not happy with the job or whatever. I don't ever think of that as jealousy. I just think of that as a miserable person that nobody can make happy. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And, and, and I think the first couple of times that I had agents, especially agents that I worked from the beginning and kind of carried them along and this and that, and I was like the mom and I, I had so much invested into them. And mm. then for one day to have them come in and just say, I'm leaving, like no conversation. I said that, that like threw a knife through my, the first, you know, but it, you have to get through the first one, like firing someone, you know, when you had yes. fired your assistant for the first time, the next few times it wasn't that bad, yes. <laughs> you know, so it's all experience. So, but the first one now I just, I, you know, I probably, you know, I just, people do what they're going to do. I don't, you know what I mean? I, I hope they all stay and they like me. I know that I do get agents that stay with me for a, for a long time, you know, so that's good. That's a good sign. Oh, that's, that's the backbone of your whole business. Those long-term runners, they, they build yeah. a business for you. One last question. Uh, what's your dream for your business? You've grown it from nothing to how many agents do you have now? 18. Yeah. So it's still small. What? It's still I said it's still small, small but, but I opened another, I, yeah, I have two offices. I opened one in Mount Dora up by Denise. So I have a couple uh -huh. of agents up there. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know. I, you know, I always hoped that I would be able to get to the point where someone could step in and just run it and I could, you know, kind of back out of it. And, you know, I looked at like, you know, Kristen's two girls, Rachel, definitely know, even though she works part-time for me. Olivia You're looking at all of your grandchildren? Oh, oh, heck yeah, they're young. You know, the, today's real estate is this are young and Olivia's on the camera. She's on, you know, TikTok and all that. And she'll come in and she did interview questions with me on real estate. And I'm like, oh, maybe Olivia. And then she wants to know part of it. So, so I don't know. There's definitely, you know, working on exit, exit plan. It's just what, what that exit plan looks like in the future, whether I just keep, keep in it or sell it or, you know, but, but My I'm a good, I'm would good. sell it. It's easier than getting relatives inside. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your advice. I'm more assured because there's a closing on the front side. Yeah. And you put that's the cash true. in your account, you know? That's true. That's true. That's true. Okay, well, the minute you're ready to sell that business, you give me a call. I think I want to get back into it. I never considered Florida, but what the heck? I give it a spin. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Great hanging out with you in an official sense. I hope we didn't bore our listeners with all of our uh, walking down memory lane, but I'm so proud oh, I'm of you, sure. my God. Mostly because, wow. of, because of you didn't have to do it it's amazing yeah my oh. well, I'm, pr I'm proud of you i watch you all the time you're my number one i'm your number one fan though you may not know it <laughs> <laughs> okay you know thank you all right bye, -bye. bye. love you bye-bye bye and that's all we have time for today if you have a question leave me a voicemail on the business unusual hotline 888 barbara that's 888 b-a-r-b-a-r-a you can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.